Welcome to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Black Rifle Coffee. Guys, I think you're going to want to pay attention to this podcast. This one is between Kevin Owens and Nate Spearing. I'll get to them in just a second. Black Rifle Coffee, they're good folks. They make our podcast possible. They are getting their hands on a little bit of everything these days, including signing Travis Pastrana to the Black Rifle Coffee label. Guys, please, please follow our good friends at Black Rifle Coffee. They got a lot of cool stuff going on. We are all fans of Black Rifle Coffee over here at Fieldcraft Survival. I am currently drinking Silencer Smooth. And if I'm talking a little bit quickly, it's because it's probably my third or fourth cup. Uh, I did Beyond Black earlier than that uh, <clears throat> and gunship this morning at home. Guys, uh, Black Ruffle Coffee has got a lot of really good products. I'm a big fan of their powdered coffee for all my backcountry trips that I do, as well as my travel. If I can't travel with anything to make a proper, proper cup of coffee the way I like to do it, then I'm going to use those instant coffee mixes, which are phenomenal. Uh, mix one of those with a packet of hot cocoa and oh my God, that's how you start a day. Guys, this podcast that's coming up was between Nate Spearing and Kevin Owens. You probably know Kevin Owens. He is the other Kevin here at Fieldcraft Survival, uh, the Irish Kevin. And you may or may not be aware of who Nate Spearing is. Nate spent 14 years with the uh, special operations community. He exited the military in order to spend more time with his wife and five children. Upon leaving the military, he founded Transform NC, a bespoke general contracting company that specializes in historic models. Uh, learning to take risks in the military enabled him to embrace the complexity of entrepreneurship and build businesses that serve his family and the local community. Today, he's empowering others to do the same by sharing his journey on Spearing.co. Guys, buckle up. This is going to be a good one. Here we go. Kevin Owens, Nate Spearing. Welcome back to the Phil Cross Rub Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. And today I'm sitting down with Nate. Nate, how you doing? I'm living the dream. <laughs> so um, all the people are sitting there listening and going, ah, I'm trying to gauge whether I turn this off or not. All right, this is going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to this one because um, we're going to delve into your background a little bit. We're going to talk more about current stuff. Uh, you... Um, because your, your goal, and I'm going to let you explain it, your goal coming out of the military and, and running your own construction company, but now you're very, very focused on, and I don't think there's a word for it, other than like frontier skills is like the nearest thing I can get to it, right? Mm -hmm. Old school skills that are being lost, right? Sadly, uh, they're old school. They are. Sadly, like, you know, I've said it before, but... Um, what we call survival skills now were just life skills back in the day in the 1800s. Yep. You didn't know how to procure food and, and, and light a fire and you died, right? Yep. And so now all these kind of old school, you know, um, basic carpentry, right? Uh, and and I, I'm terrible at carpentry. I couldn't build anything. And yeah. it, it's one of my failures in life. Like I'm okay at a lot of things, but that's something I just, I don't have that skill set. I'd love to have it, right? But basic carpentry, um, gardening, 
uh, you know, raising chickens, all that kind of frontier stuff. And we'll talk about defensive type stuff too later on. But that, as the world gets more and more toxic and the media get toxic and, and you know, cell phones and, and cancel culture and all that BS, people are getting pulled back into those simpler times and those skill sets mm-hmm. that bring family and community together. Yeah. And it, it's really exciting. And, and you've embraced it in a big way. So yeah. I'm going to hit you with a few questions and I'm just going to let you go nice. because you're a talker. And yeah. that's good. Um, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Huntsville, Alabama. Okay. And one of the things I found out made me really unique when I showed up to the military is homeschooled all the way through. Really? So yep. uh, a lot of guys were just, even just that biographical information mm-hmm. made them kind of, oh, we got to know more about this guy. This guy's a weirdo. I think it's know? way more common now than it was back then. It I, is, I assume. Thankfully. And, yes. And as the school system collapses under its own BS, then, you know, my kids are grown, but I would freaking homeschool them if, if I had kids now because yeah. you get more done in two, two hours than they get done all day in school. But um, what, what drove that? Was it the school system or was it just the way your parents were? Well, my parents were, when I was raised, it was it was not very popular. They were mm. not necessarily the the cutting edge of the homeschooling movement in America. Yeah. They're kind of uh, maybe a decade after the yeah. Hydra kids, you know, that were homeschooling at the house. Mm-hmm. But they were, we were very religious, um, mm. conservative Christian family. And, and my parents were very convicted that we were going to not, didn't want to expose me to the negative. So was it a mechanism to protect you? Correct. Okay. Was there a downside to that when you got older? Well, they, they, um, they viewed it as a as a protective measure, but then they've kind of shared that as they got into it, they realized how customizable it was for each kid. Because mm. even you know, if you have multiple kids in your family, you know, uh, every one of them is different. It's yes, crazy. Absolutely. Same mom and dad, yeah. same yep. home, but different skills, yep. different aptitudes, and mm-hmm. also weak in certain things. Yeah, and, and, so, and people who think like, oh, I have a son, and my son's going to be into the same things as I am. Yes, and and. Yeah. Some things, but not all things. There's and it was explained to me one time in, in a great way, like like if you have two kids and you know they're into different things and all that, it, it's 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 engineered that way. Because if you're a hunter, mm-hmm. you don't need two more hunters. You need a gatherer, right? And yeah. you need your family to have different traits and different skill sets to be a diverse to 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 maximize your chance of survival, right? It, it, so it, if you look at it in those terms, so I, I, I think dads especially, they think their son's going to be into everything they're into. No, yeah. not going to happen. My son's in the military. People are like, oh, is he in special operations? No, nope. he's an intel analyst yeah. because that's what he likes and that's his personality, right? Well, um, I think you, you, you uh, know this from being on a team. Diversity in a team actually is a, is a strength. It really is. Yep. And when you want little copies of yourself, yep. it may be easier when mm-hmm. you're planning a hit. Mm-hmm. Everybody just agrees. Yeah. But but in the military, you see that that team and that diversity of background actually illuminates a blind spot yes. and, and mm-hmm. learning how to harness that. And as my kids are getting older, it can kind of hurt when your 12 year old calls you out for your hypocrisy. You're like, Hey dad, I thought, well, Hey, listen, you know, and, uh, but you can actually realize that's a strength mm-hmm. and you can, and, and they know you and they're in, in your way and your wife and your kids can kind of be your, your teammates and your counselors mm-hmm. and, and, and show you some stuff about you that, yeah. that may be uncomfortable to, to take head on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and you had asked about whether I thought, thought it was as a downside. I think I've, I've spoke about this before. One of the things that, the benefits of it was I got to kind of learn what the truth 
was. Mm -hmm. I got to establish my morality, my true north. Mm -hmm. And before I really was concerned about what do my peers think yeah, about yeah, me. Yeah. And that's a big thing now, especially with social media. Kids are mm -hmm. always trying to, to, to prove something and, and, and just be yourself. You're, yeah. you're, you're unique. I, 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 I commend your parents because homeschooling back then, not that you're that old, yep. but they didn't have the resources that they have now, the internet and all the, all the, all the curriculum and everything's laid out for you. And, and if you're interested in homeschooling, uh, Amber did a, a homeschooling podcast. If you look back in, in the Fieldcraft one, cause she, she's very much into it, but as, as a homeschool parent, and I never have been really, but you, you, the people say the kids don't get socialized. Well, they do, but they get socialized in the circles you want to socialize them in. They get socialized in your church or in your, in your group, like in your community. Yes. And they don't get exposed to toxic or, or, you know, they don't get exposed to, to influences that are not the way you want your kid to be and, and, and to, to be, to be raised. Right. Yeah. And I think that there is, there's people that say, oh, I could never homeschool and you can't, first mm -hmm. of all. Mm -hmm. You absolutely can. Mm -hmm. Now, can you homeschool and be undisciplined in every area of your life? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. But you know, you should probably be disciplined in your life anyway. Yeah. And and that actually will be the reflection of how your kids turn out regardless is yeah. what are you living out yeah. in your life? And so I'd say maybe that that is an indication to say I'm I'm scared. I kind of want to have my own free time. I want to be about me. Yeah. I want to just do my thing. I want to ship them off and, mm -hmm. and not worry about it. Well, who are you shipping them off to? The mm. narratives that we're seeing right now, yeah. it's, 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 that's the front lines mm. and why we're, where some of these elections are turning out the way they are, or some of these kind of who is voting for this person yeah. is mm -hmm. because there has been a dedicated initiative in place yep. to put a certain ideology out centralized. Mm -hmm. And, and I've said before that the, the family is the, the anti-bureaucracy. Mm. It is a, you know, a, a, a CEO, an executive officer, a, a team sergeant, a team leader and, and, and teammates. And you, you can adapt to the environment and mm -hmm. education is immediately customizable yeah. for mm -hmm. your kid. It and probably makes you. It probably makes you a better person if your kids are watching you all day, every day, looking for guidance. Like, oh yeah, damn it, I can't do well, that. The, the I, conversations that yeah. I have with my kids, and in in some ways with small business now too. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think that as things become the centralized things become less stable, like mm. we're seeing, mm -hmm. there's a return to like you say the old old school skills mm. and a lot of the things that are pre industrial revolution, pre everybody moved to the city and, mm -hmm. and depend on these things. We're kind of looking, okay, I can't necessarily rely on those things. Mm -hmm. How can we as a family, you know, minimize our dependency yeah. on dependency these outside great things word, yeah, or depend for, on people mm -hmm. closer to home. Yeah. And like you talked about different skill sets, having mm -hmm. that in, and it doesn't have to all be in your family. It can be in your church community. Mm -hmm. It can be with your neighbors and having conversations. And, and I think it's ultimately a good thing for people to question how dependent am I on these things? Mm -hmm. and it, and Let's go it, back a little bit because I, I think it's important for context, right? So you, you graduate high school, Graduated high school. Boom. What do you do? I worked for a congressional campaign for one election cycle as the candidate's driver in really? northern Georgia mm -hmm. and realized that, that I don't want to be a politician. <laughs> uh, I did a youth and government thing early on in high school and kind of had a civics focus that was a homeschool groups where I met my wife. Yeah. Uh, so it was worthwhile for that. But then some some people said, hey, we got this guy running. 
he needs somebody to, to drive him around. So I had to get my land nav skills early. Mm -hmm. This was pre GPS, yeah, pre, -GPS. pre smartphone. Mm -hmm. So I had to figure out his itinerary and get him around. It was just tremendous exposure to what a congressional candidate has to do, mm -hmm. who he talks to. I went to every meeting with them. Sometimes mm -hmm. they, Hey, you're 19 step out. We're going to talk about poll data and we don't want you to know about it or whatever. So it's definitely mm -hmm. compartmentalized campaign stuff. I didn't get to so see. No names, no scandal. Was he a good guy? He was a good guy. Do, do, do you think that's trait where to go in as a solid person who wants to serve and the longer they're in there, they just get caught up in the, in the, in the, in the bureaucracy and the way things are done. Cause it's such a cesspool of, it, it, yeah. it really is like, well, and I, and I, I think I, it's in every country in the world, honestly, and it's way worse in some other countries, but it's just, when you look at a, a, a congressman who makes, you know, 300 grand a year and they're multimillionaires, hmm. nobody seems to question that. I'm just like, yeah. what is going on? Yeah. Follow the money. Yeah. You, you'll be able mm -hmm. to figure it out. And, yeah. it, and thankfully in our society, you can actually follow that pretty well. Um, from the campaign side, there's mm. laws that disclose that. I think being inside the campaign was really unique optic. Mm. And, and even how they run their offices prior to getting to DC are indicators. And mm. I always thought or said, if I'm gonna get involved with another candidate, I'm just gonna try to get a similar optic I did and just who is it that's calling the shots? Mm -hmm. Because depending on the candidate, they don't get to call all the shots. It's really? impossible for them to read the whole bill. Yeah. It's impossible for them to talk to every constituent. And the way that our government's set up mm -hmm. is one person representing a lot. Mm -hmm. And and you can't, you know, the deal with the business, you're always having to spin a plate, keep the merry-go-round going, and, mm -hmm. and you don't have enough time really to tend to things. I can't imagine doing that as a, as a, a political figure. But seeing under that pressure when there's so many people vying for their time early on before they're even elected, what their focus is, mm. is, is a key vantage point. So just even volunteering for the campaign and just seeing how is this, how is this run? You know, we, you could go, you know, you can go in, in, in special operations, you go work with other teams, mm. you have to nest amongst other command groups and in one or two days. You know who the idiot is. Mm -hmm. You know the guys that idiot. You, who does the guy you go to to get stuff done? Yeah. You know in the in the area of operations, and you find the same thing out in organizations if you know how organizations should I've run. Said, I've said that young soldiers, you know, and I've, I've like going there. It doesn't seem that cool of a job, right? But everything's mm -hmm. an education, right? Everything is everything. And every school, like I've had guys like when I was a leader in the military, have to go to this school. I'm like, look, I've been to a ton of stupid schools. I've been to mm -hmm. a lot of good ones. I've been to a ton of, but I. Always learn something. I always it always made me better coming out of it, right? So that's a good example. Would you ever want to get in politics, having seen it from the inside? Um, I don't think as a candidate, no. Mm. I do think that there are tremendous opportunities to do well in business mm. and influence politics. Mm. To be able to find a guy you believe in mm. and to give him money okay. and say, I'm grateful for you mm. to go. I want to help. I want to organize. I want to raise money for you. I want to give you, I want to write the checks. Yeah. And in some ways, uh, my, this came from my dad. He, he actually told me this when I was growing up, uh, in, in the late nineties, early two thousands, you want to change the world, be Donald Trump. Mm. And he didn't mean it in the presidential sense. Yeah. I don't want all, anybody that's listening to get triggered. Cause I said that name, <laughs> he essentially meant as a businessman yeah. having the ability you know, and there's there's varied opinions on his business practices, but ultimately 
having money, mm. being able to pay people's salaries yeah. to influence their life positively because you give them their, you're providing for them monetarily. And I had a discussion with a guy that works for me today is he's an employee. He's mm -hmm. not entrepreneurial. He just wants to show up mm -hmm. and get things done and I can trust him. Yeah. And I, and I talking to him and saying, if you know your employer and you, we have a value alignment and you trust me that I'm going to sell the jobs, I'm going to pay your paycheck. And you like to just clock out at the end of the day and be with your wife and kids. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. We need that. We do. But yeah. we also need guys. And I think military guys specifically because their tolerance for risk because mm. their flexibility are particularly wired for small business mm. and are particularly hate, uh, especially special operations guys that blend between I want to be autonomous, but then the resources are always there because I'm part of a big DOD. Yeah. So there's that that safety net mm -hmm. because stuff's there. The bills are getting paid. USG is going to bail you out. So that's gone when you're out. Mm -hmm. and, and, and if you're not in an industry that is military based and you're out of your skill set, you have to actually provide value. Um, that's that's when you get that money in return in mm -hmm. a free market. Somebody's giving you somebody's paying for a field craft class. Mm -hmm. They voted freely with their money that that you are giving something valuable to them. Yeah. And the fact that y'all are growing is indication that you're serving people well. And mm -hmm. that's that's what it's I, about. I think it, it it has to be about the customer, right? And, Correct. and some people just don't get that. So when when you finished with the um the congressional thing. What did you do next? I I came back to Alabama. The he ended up losing in a runoff, and so the, it was cut a little bit short. Came back, worked for my did dad. Did you get lost and, and he couldn't find his way, and that's no, why he lost? No, <laughs> I don't kidding. think it was. Uh, it, it maybe. I mean, it's all connected. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we we did pretty well uh, finding our way. Um, came back and worked for my dad's software company, which is kind of where I started when I was in high school. Um, mm. it, uh, computer programming stuff. I didn't really like that. And I, I had a, a lunch or I had a dinner with a friend of ours that was in a uh, former military. And just, I kind of always viewed military as that's what somebody who can't go to college does or somebody mm -hmm. who's in, in, is in jail, you know, one or, of my or, greatest, one of my greatest accomplishments in life is not having a college degree. It, yeah, <laughs> It's worked out for me. Yeah. It, I, it's I for some this, people, have, it's not for me. Yeah. I have a dream of, you know, kind of being, and I think that with the internet, mm -hmm. with your ability to just reach people, that is less and less important. Yeah. You know, yeah. being able to learn what, mm -hmm. how to reach people, find the market that's yours is, yeah. is huge. I don't and think it's, it's a must have anymore. Like people, no. people, some people think about, I have to have a college degree. I, Certain things you absolutely yeah. do. One mm -hmm. of my best friends in the military is a finance guy yeah. and, and he, he worked into corporate America, mm -hmm. but even then he doesn't like it, yeah. you know, which is kind of fun. Just be yeah. like, Hey dude, like, I'm I'm a, I'm free. Whenever you come to town, I can mix my calendar up, you know, mm -hmm. and and so there's a there's a corporate slave aspect of it mm -hmm. that that you may or may not like, or it's a means to an end, and yeah. you just where, have to know. Where did you learn all your construction skills? Uh, my father okay. um, was the initial. So we were. My mom was pregnant with number seven. Mm. We bought a three bedroom. How many bedroom. kids total? I'm the oldest of seven. Okay. Yeah, so the last one, my it's brother. Nothing, man. I'm, nothing. I'm nine of fourteen. Wow. Yeah, I think we <laughs> talked about that. Yeah, it's, that's that's an old skill too. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, to, yeah. To have that many babies and to provide for them all I is know. a is a is a renaissance it's skill. Mind, it's mind boggling. Yeah. yeah. So it, anyway, I um I. Uh, Shoot, lost a train of thought for a yeah. second. Your uh, dad taught you yeah, construction. Dad, mm -hmm. Dad's taught me construction. We bought the the home, three bedrooms. My dad and I added on seventeen hundred square feet, basically Dang. from 
13 year old birthday until mm. I left for the army it was wow. every Saturday swinging a hammer. Really? Uh, my dad's a mechanical engineer and yeah. in that culture of you can just figure it out. Mm. I can figure it out as a, as an engineer. He bought is pre YouTube, bought an encyclopedia of homes, bought home wiring guides and just wow. pieced it together and figured it out. So I, I kind of, that was the culture of our home. Mm. We, you can figure it out. Mm. It doesn't matter what it is. You can figure it out. You can get it done. So it just, it was it was a not really an anomaly or unique to me, and then realizing that was kind of a different thing. My mm. dad never would would accept an answer, would accept no, like, mm. and that's some of the things people will say, like, literally, you will ask anything, Nathan, mm. and I'm like, yeah, if you don't ask, yeah. you don't find it's not being uh, manipulative, it's not being, it's just, hey, what do I got to do to do this? Oh, come on, you know, mm. what about this? What if we change this? And even in construction and all this kind of stuff, I just learned that from my dad. I learned the ability to just ask mm. and and see and then okay who makes that decision and and you learn in the army everything's waverable yeah you just got to find the right yeah. guy There's as no bureaucratic as rules. it is yeah. are you going to push mm-hmm. and and that's a key thing in in entrepreneurial endeavors mm. I'm not going to take no um, I'm not going to I'm going to I'm going to sell this I'm going to mm. keep pushing I'm going to mm-hmm. get this done and it it served me well in the military it served me well getting out starting my own businesses so let's talk about when you entered the military right because mm-hmm. i assume that was after working with your dad's software company yeah so what, what was we the with- trigger i'm always interested in what the trigger was like it's usually a per a parent or a, some sort of role model or something like that well i i was the kid that bought army surplus stuff okay had a, a camo paint kit okay and so was i so okay i was outside <laughs> yeah uh, and and the the yard maintenance guy down the street my buddy and i were in the bushes pulling recon yeah. on him okay. and, and stealing his shirt and throwing it up in the tree and running away hiding and <laughs> okay. just being, so it was bred into it <laughs> yeah being a little mischievous you know yeah. a little bit of even though i'm homeschooled i had to have a criminal nature mm-hmm. you know yeah. kind of letting that it out in the in right things oh yeah for sure <laughs> And uh, so, but but I guess kind of my dad was was a college graduate, mom was a college graduate. It's kind of just a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go to college. That's mm-hmm. what you're gonna do. And and then realizing a friend just kind of said, oh, you know, you can, you can do college while you're in. They mm-hmm. have programs, tuition assistance, online learning stuff, and that's actually just continuing to improve mm-hmm. and be yeah, better. Is, yep. And and that kind of became one of those things like, oh, so I could do the stuff I really like to do, and I could get my parents approval mm-hmm. to do it because mm-hmm. there's college. So mm-hmm. I can kind of, I, I kind of pitched uh, pitched it to them. Look, I can go in for four years. I'll get two years of college. I'll only be, I'll be able to get out. I'll be ahead. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll have two years. I won't be completely behind my peers. I'll be able to finish out two years and then in six years, but then I get this experience. And yeah, I don't think a military career for everybody, but it's actually a pretty good option when you're young because you can, like you said, get in and out in four years, get your college, kind of figure out what you want to do. It's pretty hard at 18 to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life, right? Oh, and it's so, one of those things that I think our society, I've read an article about this, like being, having the pressure Mm. to say, what are you going to do yeah. as an 18-year-old? Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. It is. It and really when, is. when you look at startups and when you look at business, like people in their 30s and their 40s are when they actually figure out yeah. their... Yeah. And mm-hmm. and so for sure, it's way better. The colleges want you to say, oh, it's just two years of general studies anyway, mm-hmm. which is for me is like, okay, that's a sign that I'm, I shouldn't even be there then. Yeah. If everybody's getting the same thing for two years, why am I paying you, yeah. you know, for mm-hmm. these general skills or whatever? And that's a, mm-hmm. that's a scam, you yeah. know, from where I sit. Mm-hmm. We can, I'm, I know you're in with me on that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and at the cost of it these days. Yeah. So, not only that, you're going in debt 
for two years to not and not even know. Guess what? The army pays you. The army sends you to some really crappy places. The army sends you to some good places, and and you're getting general competency, yeah. which is kind of what we're talking about. Some mm-hmm. days you're trying to fix the truck, you're changing a tire. Some mm-hmm. days you're mopping the floor. Some days you're shooting guns. Like mm-hmm. that, the the diversity, no matter yeah. which. MOS, which and, skill you got? And go you're to. getting leadership skills, even from a, a very low rank. Hey, you're a you're a E2, and we've an E1 there. You're in charge of him, right? And then yep. you're a PFC, or you're a E4, and then you're in charge of two guys. And yep. it, it's built from the ground up in the military. Which or is, you're learning what a bad leader is, yes, anyway. Which so is, that, which is which is learning in and of itself. It absolutely like that guy sucked. to hate him. Yep. And I'm never yep. doing that. Yeah. When I'm in charge, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to act that way. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's beneficial. It really is. Uh, yep. It's been more beneficial than. Uh, 40 grand a year in debt or mm-hmm. 60 grand a year in debt or whatever yeah. you're, you know. Um, so definitely uh, looking back, just tremendous that that was the path that I took. And, what, what MOS? Uh, 11 Bravo. Mm-hmm. I had a contract to go to Ranger Battalion. So that was probably some of the best advice I got. Hey, yeah. right in off the street, you get to go and be exposed to some of the most incredible tactics, mm-hmm. the best soldiers, you know, either. Yeah, what either year? 2003. Wow, that's yep. a good time too. Oh yeah, I, I tell you, Ranger Regiment have placed themselves in the War on Terror. They started the War on Terror as an infantry, an elite infantry unit, and mm-hmm. like ten years later, they're a freaking elite special operations unit, right? Yeah, and um, and you're and getting exposed to every guy in yeah. special operations, mm-hmm. and which it's a very is crazy. Short, it's not like a. a freaking one or two year pipeline like SF, right? Mm-hmm. You go in, you go to RIP, you go to your basic AIT and airborne school and RIP and then bump, then you're in and you're okay. learning on your team, which there's merit to that. Like young guys hit me up all the time. They're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't know if I should go to Ranger Regiment or SF. I'm like, go to Ranger Regiment mm-hmm. because you you can go to SF later. It, you can't do it the other way. Yeah. You can't go to SF and go to Ranger Regiment. Like you're either born there or, or you're, yes. you're, you know, so, and it gives you a very, very good discipline foundation yeah. that will, stand to you for the rest of your career. Right? And and I was the, never in Ranger Regiment, but I've worked at Ranger Regiment and- uh, Well, you had service, prior service I did, too. Yeah, 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 I did, yeah. That was for sure helpful. It absolutely was, yeah. And one mm-hmm. of the things I think that plagues our society is not taking time to learn the fundamentals. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not taking time to learn the basics. Yeah. And so it can be viewed as, oh, you know, I got, I want to get onto high speed, the most high speed thing I can, I can mm-hmm. get. And, 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 There is definitely a pipeline for that. But for me, going there was incredible. I never I never found myself in my career looking at someone else doing a job that I couldn't get to from Mm -hmm. Ranger Battalion. Yeah, I never if 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 I saw somebody doing something cooler than what I was doing. There was a path yeah. from Ranger Battalion. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and that was that's a blessing. Because yeah. there's so many times you come in on a Black Hawk, you land, the fueler comes up, you know, you're kitted out, you're in your heyday. And you know that guy is hating life sometimes. He's yeah. out at a fob, they're using, they don't even have central anything. They're mm-hmm. they're crapping in bags mm-hmm. and they're filling and, and God bless them mm-hmm. because we need them. But he's got to be at some of those low days looking at me landing with a Blackhawk mm-hmm. sitting in the door about to do the coolest missions going on. Yeah. And he has no no way to get there, Yeah, you know, just mm-hmm. because. Of, and, and I didn't know really. I literally thought that I was going to have to do two years of training when I enlisted. The mm-hmm. Iraq war kicked off while I was in basic training. Mm-hmm. And I was depressed because I was like, this whole war is going to be over with yeah. before I get through my pipeline. It didn't happen that way. No, there was <laughs> yeah. actually quite a bit more there to was, be had yeah. Yeah. Uh, for sure. It so, got worse 
for years yeah. before it got better. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, and so yeah, they wheeled in the TV. Bush gave the ultimatum to Saddam. We watched that as as eleven Bravo trainees. I was at E two, mm-hmm. you know, sitting there, and I was just like, shoot, I gotta mm-hmm. get done with basic. I gotta do airborne school. I gotta get through rip. I gotta go to ranger school. It's all gonna be over. Yeah. This is ridiculous, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, and then they were like, no, no, you deploy uh, as soon as you get done with rip. And I was like really mm. heck yeah this is gonna be awesome yeah. ojt man oh yeah, yeah. I, I i think there's merits to both pipelines i personally think the sfq course way too long i um but i i you know the 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 basics and starting in a very disciplined unit as a private has mm-hmm. a lot of merit because even if you go into an 18 x-ray and, and and you talk about the basics like everyone's do free fall operations cool mm-hmm. right when you mm-hmm. land it's free falls a ride to work that's yeah. all it is when you land yeah now you got to do the work now you got to yep. be able to patrol and do ambushes and raids and all those other things that are way more important and like building blocks i yeah. mean fm 7-8 mm-hmm. which i think probably changed uh the nomenclature but just that those those rapidly executable yeah battle drills battle drills I I, that that stuff's ingrained in my brain for years and years and years of doing it it is so important yeah um so how how long did you spend in regiment Uh, I was there for six years okay and then you came to special operations in Bragg correct okay how long did you spend there Uh, seven years okay Uh, a little over seven years so anybody in that window in either one of those units, yep. spent a lot of time in combat. Yeah, a lot of time, and um, yeah, twelve I, total trips. Twelve over. trips, right? Yep. Shorter, I mean, uh, yes, for sure, but more intense. Yes, I did a couple of short trips too. Working nights, hitting targets, multiple targets. It's exhausting, right? Yep. So it's shorter in in time frame, but it's a lot more intense because there are no down days. It's every single night hitting targets, hitting targets, hitting targets. Yeah, um, and I think intense. one of the things that gets neglected about that life too is how many hellos and goodbyes yeah. that you have to do with your family mm-hmm. um, and in some ways is a lot harder Yes, because if you, hey, I'm going for a year and I'm yeah. not going to, I didn't do a year. I couldn't imagine doing a year and I'm pre- appreciative of the guys that did, but doing three months, doing four months back yeah. away on training, mm-hmm. you know, and, and is, is kind of never let your wife settle into you being gone. Yeah. You're back to screw things up again. And yeah. then just that terrible cocktail Mm-hmm. Uh, that you have to try to manage on the home front too. Um, yeah. I think it's 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 uh, it's it's a difficult life, and then we're we're neglecting that it's never been a thing in history for guys to go through mm-hmm. that cycle. Yeah, for their entire career, uh, and and at the time. You're 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 doing your job. You're doing you're doing God's work, right? You're you're helping your country. You're, but there's a price to be paid. There sure. really is, uh, mentally, physically, and 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 um, your family, your kids, and all that piece. It does take a toll that you don't even realize till later, later lot, lot a lot later on. So, what year are we on when you get out? Uh, I was just short of fourteen years. What year was that? Two thousand sixteen. Okay, December two thousand sixteen. I just hit my five year anniversary as a civilian okay what was the what was the trigger that you said i'm done with this yeah i um i think it was kind of steady it wasn't necessarily like i I think that there's always aspects of the job that you are going to love every guy has got anyone that's done it knows Mm -hmm. you're going to think about it every day for the rest of your life you will love it you're going to let the world burn for it but i i had a uh, five kids Mm -hmm. i have five kids ages uh 
they're right now they're ages 12 about to be 13 down to five but at the time that i got out it was like eight months old i think and uh, seven years old mm. or eight years old but when i put the mark on the wall he was seven and i was look i was at my 13 year mark i had seven more years mm. to serve mm. and so i kept kind of looking at my son in, and then in, thinking in, about in, his in, life again in that unit there's a lot of time yeah. That's a lot of time. That's yeah. a lot of deployments, and that's a lot of time away. And that, and again, that's the world we choose. We chose, right? Yeah. And um, it, 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 but yeah, I, I can see. It. Normally, when people hit ten and beyond, they just they, they suck it up and do the the other ten. Some people yeah. love it until they get out, right? But I, I think once it starts creeping into your brain, I would imagine I did twenty four because yeah. I've, I've like I'm you know, for lack of a better idea, but, um, I, and I took the devil's money, but I, I um, well, and the one I, thing the army does is, is retention. Yeah. Well, yeah. They mm -hmm. know how to dangle that carrot. They do. Yeah. And, and it is a, as far as, as, uh, normal American working American lives go, it's a great yeah. life. Mm -hmm. Your it housing's is. covered. Mm -hmm. You're getting tax free. If you're mm -hmm. in special operations, you're getting bonus pays. Yep. Doesn't, doesn't quite, uh, make the MLB, uh, to minors difference that mm -hmm. spreads not there. You know, some guys whine about that. Hey, you know, I'm NFL. I'm not getting NFL pay, you yeah. know, whatever you're getting a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, it's enough. It's enough to have a great life. It's enough to take family vacations. You get leave, you get four day weekends. Did you, when you were deployed, did your wife fully understand what you did and what the danger was? Well, so we had a, there's a funny moment after getting out that kind of uh, framed that for me. So we had a, a investment property and there's some trees that needed to get taken out. And I told my wife, I said, Hey, I could, you know, trees are 700 bucks a pop, 500 bucks a pop. We're taking five or six out. I can get all the chainsaws. I can get the rope climbing equipment. I can get the spikes. I can get all this stuff for what, like one tree, maybe a tree and a half. Got to take out five. Mm. And then, you know, I really like, this is a good chance to outfit my gear, get mm. some more kit. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and she said, so I'm strapping the spikes on, I'm about to climb up the, the, the tree and start limbing it and cutting it down. And she said, be careful. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you never told me that she yeah. did. She did, I think, uh, 10 of the deployments with me and maybe eight of them. And she never told me, be careful. Mm -hmm. And I'm about to cut a pine tree down in my front yard mm -hmm. with ropes and spikes. And you told me, be careful. Mm -hmm. And she was like nervous. And so I think that I kind of that contextualized and what a lot of people say, she was watching you climb. And I'll say, hey, I'm on a, I'm on a climbing team. I'm double anchored. There's mm -hmm. redundancy. I'm gonna take my time. It'll be all right. And she's and my neighbor again was like, you need, you need a glass of wine? Like she's sitting there <laughs> chewing her nails, yeah. you know. And, and so that, that framed it for me is there's a, there's a difference between she kind of goes into that mode. Mm. He's away. I know it's dangerous. I know he's going to be in the hot of, you know, mm. the news is going to be talking about where he was last night yeah. sometimes. And, and to just kind of put that out of your mind's eye mm. and kind of go into, Hey, I got to focus on the kids and that and realizing if she, if she was seeing me do it. Yep. She would have, yeah. it would have been harder. It's easier, it's easier to compartmentalize it and push it away if it's not yep. in your face. Yeah. I just, yep. that, that's, uh, it's an interesting question because we, and my wife's sitting right there, but yeah. we, we tell them we're going over there to play video games, watch movies. Yeah. And then somebody on your team or in your company gets killed. 
Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden it all comes like, it becomes very, very real. Yeah. Um, whereas you knew what was going on, but you chose to ignore it yeah. because it, 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 the, the path of thinking about it every that that leads nowhere. It's not yeah. helping anybody, you know? Yeah. But um, so you, cho- you chose to get out. Chose How difficult out. was that decision? Well, the decision was easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just basically was looking at my son, like he's seven years old. Um, seven more years, I kind of was feeling, uh, micromanaged by, um, special operations Mm -hmm. before I used to blame other agencies, state departments being a pain, you know, Mm -hmm. agencies being a pain, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, now it was, it was, it was DOD. And so it was kind of like my teammate is creating this, this bureaucratic approval process. It's it's partly because the, the wars were ramping down Mm -hmm. and, we can focus on that stuff, right? Um, I, I assume, right? Yeah. Well, As, and I think we see we see these these cool toys with technology, this yeah. interconnectedness of email, and and some of the stuff. Even looking back, as I've studied business, we, we you know Jim Collins talks about get the right people on the bus, mm-hmm. have the right crew, and you don't necessarily know where it's going to go, but you got the people there to figure it out. We mm-hmm. started. We, that's kind of how special operations was: get the yeah. best guys, yep. throw them into the worst problems, they'll figure it out. Yep. When you have the capacity with technology to be looking over your everyone's shoulder, yeah. and you think you can, yeah. and it becomes less about do I trust the people, mm-hmm. and and the the culture it's it's difficult culturally yeah. to yeah. maintain that it requires good leadership and it ebbs and flows. Some mm-hmm. guys are really good at saying I know who's there, I know who's trusting, and and you know to be honest, we've shot ourselves in the foot as the guys too. Yeah. We've done some dumb things. Mm-hmm. We've kind of earned that scrutiny. Let them get in our business. Yeah. I, I, when I ran Force Mod, it was very clear to me that I speak to 125 Green Beret E7s at the senior leader course, right? Mm-hmm. They're interested in guns, bullets, optics, my truck, mm-hmm. um, all the stuff that keeps me alive in a truck in Africa or mm-hmm. Afghanistan, right? When you speak to commanders, it's all about drones. It's all about communications. It's all about micromanaging devices so I can mm-hmm. cr- control that element on the ground, right? It was two completely sets of gear. And, yeah. and, and to me, I work for the guy on the ground, right? Yep. And, and that's where I would focus my efforts. But it was very, very obvious that one element wanted to see what was going on and, and control everything. And the other yeah. element wanted to live and get yeah. through the ambush, right? Um, yeah, and some of my funnest deployments, we were at uh, you know non-war zones. Yeah. And we could pull one cable out of the box and we're off grid. Yeah. And and we would blame it on weather. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's mm-hmm. dust, it's hot. Yeah. We're gonna go out and train the guys. Yeah. And and you know, being able to focus on mission, mm. be able to get it done mm-hmm. and even just, you know, have to support yourself. You know, I did construct I was doing construction while you're building fobs, you're helping yeah. guys set things up, you're mm-hmm. talking to a local guy to do a septic tank, you know, yeah. these things that are that you mm-hmm. you don't expect to elite soldier to be a, a project manager on a construction, you know, but you're, you're yeah. doing that. But he, he's a, he's a get stuff done guy, right? And you, yeah. you would hire guys for that, those traits, figure it out. And then mm-hmm. if you try to micromanage that guy, yeah. it just doesn't go well. It just doesn't. And, and yeah. you, you drive him out yeah. very, very often, right? And it's very hard for you come in at this, those two wars basically going on when you came in yeah. and you live that life for, um, what'd you say, 13 years. Yeah. And then, you're, I, I, you know, it's ramping down and you're, you're, you're back into this kind of, not in that unit as much, but this yeah. garrison thing. Like I came in in 96 mm. and I did five years, four years on the Clinton when they gutted the military. Oh, yeah. We had no money. Yeah. And then 
we transitioned into the, the GWAT, right? Yeah. And it ramped up and ramped. We weren't ready for it when it kicked off yeah. because we were so poorly equipped, but it, it ramped up and ramped up and ramped up. So I got to live that for years, but I, I saw it ramp back down too yeah. near the end. And I, it's very difficult to make that well, transition. Still, I'm, I'm still really grateful for the guys, even in the climate now that are that are getting after it and yeah. saying, I'm I'm going to keep sticking it to the guy. I'm going to, the mm-hmm. man, the, the, the enemies of our way of life mm-hmm. still need to be hunted down. Yep. And and as the climate gets uh, more difficult to do that, depending on the ebbs and flow politically, economically, mm-hmm. they're still willing to, yep. to put their, their minds against that problem. And I'm grateful for it. For me, as I looked at my son at seven, I looked at the climate. I was like, okay, I, mean, I was watching them open their Christmas presents in 2015 from an embassy where I was getting micromanaged. Mm-hmm. And I just said, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out. And, and, and my one criteria is I'm going to be around. Okay. How, uh, as you got out and you got that DD-214 and like, mm-hmm. I'm not in the military anymore. Did mm-hmm. you cut ties with your old unit? And I know you still had friends, yeah. but did you, uh, did you try to move on with your life? And, and was that, was it tough at the start and, 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 uh, you know, you got used to it or what did you cut it? like clean cut, move on with your life and never look back. Yeah. Which- I think that, uh, I was convinced that I wanted to start something that was mine. Yeah. I think I did. There was, there's a lot of great transition programs. Now I kind of was leaving as they were standing some of that more, uh, agile, more applicable stuff for us up. Mm-hmm. I knew that I, that, you know, that the verbiage is, you know, understand your, uh, your values, your culture, what do you, what's, what's important to you. And I was just like, I'm too weird to find a place that's going to be happy with me. I, I mean, yeah. I drove every one of my bosses nuts, yeah. even in, in my climate. It was just like, what the heck are you, you doing? And and I was like, OK, um, I'm going to own it. And and but then the re- the realization that you can't blame anybody yep. else now, mm-hmm. you know, and even just having to reflect when I'm when I, you know, I was like, I'm going to start my own thing. So it kind of happened weird. I've talked about it before. We purchased a 8,300 square foot historic mansion. My wife and I kind of did historic renovations the whole time we were in the military. And that essentially is what gave me my financial cushion to just kind of jump. Mm. Don't have the, I have the money um, in place to survive. Right. I have a project. I have this 8,300 square foot mansion. What, I year, got what year was it? Uh, 1934. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to see that. Oh yeah. Well, let's have some field craft events there. Oh, let's I'd love talk to, with man. it. Let's, and, yeah. and get some guys in and roll some kegs in and let's yeah. talk. And, and yeah. uh, that's one of the reasons why I like having it. It's a, it's a short term rental now. Yeah. Um, How many so, bedrooms? Uh, it is, we have it set up right now as seven mm-hmm. um, bedrooms, but uh, it had 11 bathrooms. Damn. Cast mm-hmm. iron pipe, mm-hmm. no H, no air conditioning. Like mm-hmm. it just, it, and I had done three historic remodels leading up to that. So this is, I call that kind of my PhD mm-hmm. old house. You're, you're obviously trying to keep the feel, the historic feel yes. with modern, yes. you know, like yeah. to modern. Uh, Electrical, plumbing, yeah, all, all those yeah, conveniences features. and all that. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. 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 That's so, a, that's and cool. my wife is the design kind of mind on that. And yeah. I just execute yeah. the vision yeah. and it, it's an, ex, in our, our short-term rentals are kind of an extension of our home life in a sense. You get to pick the books, you get to mm-hmm. pick the furniture, the art on the wall. Like this is, you know, and, 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 and executing that. So we had 80 grand in the bank after we closed on this house. And I was like, I'm, I'm set. I got mm-hmm. basically a pretty good salary in the bank. If mm-hmm. I don't make a dollar, I'll be fine. And then I found out my bonus was going to get taxed if I didn't pay it back. So I took mm. a Charlie's own bonus 
I knew I knew I was going to have to pay it back. Yep. I just didn't know that I was going to get taxed my last mm. day if I didn't pay it back. Yeah. So I was like looking at it. It's like, all right, babe, let's clean break. Let's write the check. So it's yeah. thirty nine thousand seven hundred yeah. bucks or whatever. That's a blow. And uh, and so like, all right, my cushion just got cut in half. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, we don't have an HVAC budget for the house now. Let's move into it. So mm-hmm. we moved into it with no HVAC. Uh, we had some kind of portable AC units. We got the fireplaces going so that we could rent our other houses out, start making money there. And mm-hmm. I started the construction company. So in, in looking back, that was awesome. In some ways, my plan was a little sloppy. I, mm-hmm. I had margin. It's like, ah, I'll be all right. I'll figure it out. I got time. You know, I wasn't pressed. So mm-hmm. then when my resources got cut in half, and then I spent half the, res- the then I got cut those resources in half buying a truck. Yeah. And I got five grand of mortgages a month, five kids, no medical benefits. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's just time to figure something when, out. When you were in all the extensive training you did in the military, how many times did you have a timeline that oh, all yeah. of a sudden got cut short and oh, yeah. you had to figure it out? Like that that's a big part of training oh, yeah. to put pressure on you. You know what I mean? So well, you, and, you, and you know that I would say the civilian population is crippled by by trying to execute a perfect plan yeah and one of those things that that yeah. those of us that have been in those places yeah. we know like man you know you get off of a hit and you're mm-hmm. like how did nobody die on that yeah one? yeah you know yeah. comfortable with yeah. chaos right yeah the, the, yeah I, I remember landing on a chinook one time uh it was near the iranian border and where they landed is one of them soccer fields right just dirt and mm. dust complete brownout oh yeah bird took off i couldn't see like a foot in front of me yeah. and there was people there was like 30 people around me and i couldn't see any of them and i was thinking if somebody shoots at us right now yeah nobody can shoot back because yeah. you're going to shoot each other i was like oh please dust blow <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and let's get off this damn yeah. soccer field yeah. right and i i think it, it does especially special operations it builds in that comfortable with chaos let's figure it out it's not gonna be perfect yeah 70% 70% solution, let's move forward. If you were talking to a guy who was transitioning now and he was getting out, because guys do this and it's not for me, but guys are like, I'm going to take six months off and do nothing. Mm-hmm. To me, I, I, I tell people, hit the ground running, man, because that's the pace you've been at for a very long time. I just can't imagine. I think if you take, and everybody's different, but for me, if I took six months off, I'd lose my mind anyway. But I... I, I I'd get in, I feel like I would get in a rut, you know? Like I, I was moving even before I get out, right? you know, while I was mm-hmm. on terminal leave. And so are you. I, I, yeah. The, the, I, I mean, would you advise people to do that, to, to keep at the same pace? No, I, I would say program it in later. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a very uh, hard thing. It's very hard to, as a guy that's gone for hard for so long, mm-hmm. to, to turn it off turn it back on and kind of, and that's still something that I'm struggling with today. When mm-hmm. I put my phone down and focus on my son and listen to what my kids are saying to me to, to, to look my wife in the eyes and talk to her about it mm-hmm. and, and learning to do that's important. But I think that we're wired a certain way. Guys are wired a certain way to get, get busy and to get after it. And, and you, and I think we talked to medical professionals. You probably had some on your podcast. Like you're used to operating, your body is used to operating chemically mm-hmm. in a way that that normal people don't operate, mm-hmm. and it's actually extremely detrimental to your health 
to just stop. Yeah. And, and I, I think you see that a lot, right? You get guys who go for 20, 25 years at 100 miles an hour, and then all of a sudden they stop. They're at home watching Netflix, mm. and then they start pouring stop, alcohol stop, on They start stop pouring alcohol out. on it. They stop working out, and mm-hmm. that is just a recipe for disaster. Like, yeah. and But you need a goal. You need a mission. You need a, a project, right? Like yep. you had. And like I had. Like I don't know my own business, but I came in to work for Mike, and I just haven't haven't taken a day off since. <laughs> yeah, and I spent, you know? I spent December and January in a chemical suit and a mask in the – old dirt across oh. base of that that dragging out cast iron pipe cutting Damn. it and i mean it was nasty yeah. and i had some estimates and i was like shoot 40 grand to come in here and do all this demo i'm like i could probably hire one of my buddies and we can do it and and it was nasty you know and that's another yeah. thing is if you can mm-hmm. can stomach doing something nasty that the rest of society doesn't want yeah. you can make as much money as you want yeah. i mean you figure out how to maybe it not be you mm-hmm. as time goes on it starts yeah. out as you and yeah. then let some other guys come in you hire that out and you manage it and mm-hmm. you build the team and and so just having something that was like and then then starting to do jobs for clients so that was kind of my thing is all right i got tools we've been remodeling houses our whole last 10 years I'm going to start remodeling for people i know how the, i know the technical aspect i'll just mm-hmm. figure that business stuff out yep. and then realizing holy crap, like mm-hmm. it's not 90% technical, 10% business. It's 90, 95% business mm-hmm. and being able to sell, being able to have your contracts right, being able to to, to provide value at a time that you said, showing mm-hmm. up showing up on time, getting it done well. It takes a lot longer to do things well. Yeah, did you find it hard to price, price jobs out? Oh, yeah. And, and when I finally price them out, because I'd always just done parts, you know, how much yeah. does the wood cost? It's, I, you can't change the price of materials. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the job. I make up because it's all labor is me. Now I got to add labor, my guy's labor and materials. And I, for so long, I look at that price and be like, oh, Man, this just seems too much. Just take a little bit off, yeah. and then I end up working for free. Yeah, the last yeah. couple of jobs. Not a good business move, no, right? No, yeah, yeah. No. And then, and and then you know, being entitled, realizing I was entitled in special operations, yeah. like having to come to grips with the fact that I was blaming people more though than I was being introspective and and focusing on me. Mm. So just being like, okay, it's my fault, you know. Mm. And as much as I hate to admit it, you know, Jocko's book, Extreme Ownership, mm. you know, I didn't finish it because, you know, those of you that know, the initiated Navy SEALs can get a little bit much little towards bit. the end. Yep. But the the core of his message of of taking responsibility, and that's what that's a very um, prominent message right now. And, and as the world's falling apart, as people are blaming other people, mm-hmm. take responsibility for yourself, mm. take responsibility for who you're in charge of your kids, your wife. Mm. It's, it's a mess. Fix you. Yeah. Get, get, get to work on you. And then I'd say as guys getting out, you know, it's, you are amazing. You did amazing things. Nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's a and, hard message to tell people. It really is. It is. Like you were, the tip of the spear, and especially mm-hmm. in the unit you're in, you were like making decisions on the ground that had international consequences, right? Yeah. And then you you transition out, and you're like every other army guy who got out. Yep. And nobody cares. You I'm could pulling be- a hairball out of a lady's drain as <laughs> you know we ripped her shower out, and yeah. I'm like literally, I, I said this story before. I've been on, I've been on the skid of a, a you know a little bird shooting. Yeah. A couple months ago. Yeah. And now I'm mm-hmm. in this lady's bathroom and I'm, I'm got this hairball, you know, yeah. and it's, it's been like, okay, I got to I got to price this job. I, it's a means to an end. Mm. Um, and, and we talked about a little bit before we turned the mics on, like it was, that was the transition, basic training of transition. Yeah. I was in the trenches. It was, it was learning the basics it of was business. It was probably a really good 
Um, it was awesome. It was a slap in the face, but it was a good, um, it's almost like that first day at basic training when they yell at you and they, they give you such a, uh, they break you down almost and mm-hmm. put you back in the real world. And um, what would your advice be to guys getting out now from from the military, from special operations, uh, as they as they try to navigate moving forward and maybe opening the, the because, you know, I, I, I've said this before, like, after the Vietnam War, there was a lot of emphasis put on the guy in the fatigues with the beard who's protesting the war and all that. Mm-hmm. For every one of those, there was hundreds of rock stars who came back and started their own business and just mm-hmm. did great because they could deal with resilience and all that. And guys coming out of the military, and especially special operations world, are very, very good at, at certain things. And if they can pivot what they did in the military towards their own business or working and, and doing their next thing, if they can harness those skills, they're going to be successful because they won't accept anything less. But it does take a downturn when they, when they go the wrong way about it, right? So what would your advice be, both for just getting out generally and then for getting out and starting a business? Well, I would say first, you know, thank you for what you did. I know like guys would say, oh, that's corny. You know, it's it's important to reflect and be proud of, of what you did. Mm. But then I'd immediately go to your work's not done. Yeah. You, you, if in the, in the realm of human experience, you know, 20, even if you're a guy that did 30 years, like the average expect life expectancy, that's still a minority of the life that you've lived Mm. and you have, you have tons left to live and America, our way of life still needs you to be on on your game. Like Mm. it's not going to necessarily be deploying, but you need to continue to grow as an individual, you need to continue to serve. It's just serving different people. It's serving and, and and America needs the guys that did this to not look for accolades. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that there's just that, hey, you know, walking around being like, you don't know what I did. Yeah, you know what I yeah. did for America, you know, what I did for freedom. And, you, and the guys that are doing that and then they're getting together at the bar and being like that one time that we were so awesome, mm-hmm. you know, the, um, the benefit is, and, and anybody who did well where we were, learned the most from their mistakes. Yeah, they learned the most when they just screwed it up. And mm-hmm. I, I, guys that serve with me know I messed up big a mm-hmm. lot of times. We all did. We all and, did. That's how you learn, right? And, yep. and hopefully nobody dies because you screwed up. But yeah, um, you, you know, I, I think there's this image that special operation guys are like freaking we're normal guys who just went a certain route yep. and I, I was on Andy Stump's podcast, you know, oh, yeah. and, and I was, uh, me and him, Andy's a good dude, man. He's humble and he's funny, yeah. but, but I was like, you know, if, if people think guys like me are superhuman, you should see me put furniture together. It will bring me to tears. Yeah. Man. I just, I, it's terrible. Right. Well, and, and I think that there's a part of it too. When you get into a culture, all of us are struggling with our marriage mm-hmm. because of the way the life is mm-hmm. and and to not circle up and be like it's our wife's fault because she doesn't recognize how awesome i am <laughs> like to actually own that too yeah to own mm-hmm. you know being a father to own being a member of society mm-hmm. and and actually deliberately saying like okay i think that there's something i can learn just like where you can learn anything you can learn something from a lot of people around you mm-hmm. and i'd say that you know call me get on my website, whatever, message me and if you want to talk about it, but but be transparent about what the struggle is going to be, mm-hmm. even if it's hard to say in the team room. And that's one of the things I'm trying to kind of create whenever I talk about this is let's talk about how we screwed up. Transition, I, I had five kids. 
I had a great marriage. I had a church. I had lots of relationships. It was the hardest thing I ever did. Mm. So as I reflect on the 18 months, two years that were just literally like I almost took a contract job back. I had made negative $40,000 my first year in construction. Mm. I had a, a, you know, a plus six figures job that I could integrate stuff and it would work really well for me. And then just realizing like, I'm going to have to go back on the, the op tempo. I'm going to have to do this. I'm like in church with my kids. I'm looking around. I don't want to do that. Mm. And, and I'm, I'm going to have to figure this out. I'm yeah. going to have to, you know, oh, I got sued by some miserable clients in the middle of that. You know, I had mm. to write essentially the last few dollars I had in my corporate checking to pay subcontractors when the client wasn't going to pay me. Yeah. Like all these things that are. And then I have to go home and still be a, a nice dad mm. to these little kids that literally have no comprehension. And I was not being nice. Like mm. I was just angry. And, and, and I, so as I reflect, I'm just kind of had a foundation, Yeah. but it still sucked. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, I, 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 when I was getting out, I talked to a, a shrink or whatever it was yeah. and, and she was talking about the, um, anger issue right and mm. she said in in this community in special operations community you know empathy and and you know sympathy and sadness and all, they're not acceptable anger is mm-hmm. acceptable so everything gets funneled to anger because oh, that's yeah. the outlet i haven't heard choose. articulated that right way. i that's had either but it actually is true right because we all go through the anger piece and and i i just avoid things that make me angry now you know yeah, yeah, yeah. i try and i still get angry but i i don't not like i did near the end of my career and and the start of my transition out and it's i think there's a lot of stuff going on like you you were under pressure that you would you'd never been under before you've been under different types of pressure but that that's that's mm-hmm. the livelihood and your family and your kids and all that right and but for every one of those knocks there was a lesson mm-hmm. and it's almost like growing up you know getting getting knocks and getting re- you're building resilience so you can you yeah. can handle things later on in life but every one of those hits at the time probably felt awful but you learn from them and yep. you, you came back stronger, right? They probably helped you get to where you are today, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, what I learned and kind of what became my little phrase that I said is, oh, I'm not getting shot at. Yeah. I'm in court with this miserable person. Mm-hmm. If I go bankrupt, I still like, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to jail. I'm yeah. not like, I'm not getting shot at. And just like, I kind of became my mantra as I, I reframe, because a lot of us are really bad as veterans of the non-tangible, like, I can't shoot this problem in the face. Yeah. <laughs> like I could before. Yeah. I could just shoot it. Yep. That's my problem. It's dead. Done. Mm-hmm. I won, you know, mm-hmm. done. Uh, financial uncertainty, mm-hmm. not being able to pay my mortgage. Uh, those yeah. kind of things mm-hmm. are a completely you're out, you feel out of control. Yeah. And in a, in some ways, we were in, even when things were uh, at chaos, yeah. we had battle drills. Yes, we executed, we made it made it into something. Mm-hmm. So when you're in this nebulous environment and you you know your bills and you're trying to start a company, but if you can reprogram your mindset, mm-hmm. and say okay, this is. This is this is my getting shot at. Yeah, this is the and, next phase. Yeah, right? can I and 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 view it that challenge of can I create a business mm. and get feet and literally in business is kind of cool. A lot with the army, if you actually get better at business, you make more money. Yeah, you can never make more money in in, no. in the U in the mm-hmm. army. No, nope. you were gonna get every two years you're gonna get a raise that didn't keep up with inflation, yeah. and if you got mm-hmm. promoted and you're capping out right here. Yeah, and. And so the, the reality in business is like, okay, I could sell more jobs or I could hire more people or I can, I'm in control of how much I make mm. literally by how good I get. And, yeah. and that being, and then for me, confining that time professionally to grow to a certain time 
and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's essentially, I'm going to like, I'm going to work out for two hours and work out whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get as strong as I can get with this amount of time. I'm going to take my businesses farther in this part of time. Mm. And then I'm going to switch gears to be at home. I was going to ask you about that. How, how do you balance your time with, because you're, you're probably a little bit of a workaholic, right? Yeah. And a lot of us are. And then you have the whole construction business. Then you have Warriors Tending Gardens that you're mm -hmm. going to talk about here in a second. With both of those going on, how do you balance life with, with you know, kids and uh, wife and kids? Yeah, I think that um, being, viewing time, and I just actually, that was kind of my message on on Instagram as I was talking about five years being out. Time is the only resource anybody I think should ever be concerned with mm. and how you spend it. So you have to spend some of it to get money. You have mm -hmm. to spend some of it re relationally. You spend some of it recouping like active rest. Like I think yeah. that the do nothing like we talked about, let's yep. active rest. Like mm -hmm. let's, Hey, I'm going to take six months. Okay. Do the AT with your kids, mm -hmm. you know, do something that's, that's a goal. That's, that's difficult. That's, but that's, you're in charge of. Yeah. Um, so, so kind of identifying how to make sure you get those in and, mm -hmm. and then maybe not every day, but you can kind of plan your week out. So mm -hmm. my wife and I look at how are we going to allocate our week, realizing that, you know, there was a lot of times she kind of just had to take the brunt end of the stick and just, okay, now that I'm out, now that I own my own businesses, I want you to have time for you mm. to do things that that you can be in my wife smarter than I am. She's more gifted at pretty much everything. So she's a musician. She writes. So to say, okay, you're going to you're going to take up this instrument. You're going to have time. I take all the kids, mm -hmm. you know, and just kind of lay the week out where she's getting to grow personally. She's getting to do these things. And and then I'm confining. OK, well, I got to do my business in this time because I got to go pick the kids up because she's got a five o'clock cello lesson. Mm -hmm. And, and then I'm going to not pick my phone up. I was going to ask you that. Do you shut your phone down when, yeah, I, when you're I, in that window? Because it's difficult when you run your own yeah, business. Well, yeah. and so from the construction side, I, I train my clients to say, look, you know, if it's emergency, you'll, but I just, I just don't text back after hours or during mm -hmm. the weekend as much okay. as I want to. Like I just say, hey, you know, I have a family and I think my voicemail says my phone stays on do not disturb and I check it, you mm -hmm. know, and, and so I'm, I'm picking the phone up. I'm looking at it at the times I want to. And mm -hmm. that's a, that's a, a discipline you just have to work on forever. Mm -hmm. I still am in picking it up, um, too much, but, uh, we also have Airbnbs. So we have the, the big house, we have another, we have two Airbnbs so that there's people and there's plumbing issues, you mm -hmm. know, in the middle of the night. Yeah. So trying to figure that out, like, mm -hmm. um, where they can still get in touch with me. And so there's still a balancing act to kind of try to look at it less. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's a struggle, but even just saying, you know, Hey, um, call, this is my wife's on part or on, on point tonight. We have both our numbers for Airbnb. So if I'm, I'm out, she's taking it and we kind of toggle between each other and, and then just, just trying to, it doesn't have to be long periods of time. It just has to be uninterrupted for a certain amount of time it's so therapeutic man yeah I, I, i've i've shot sniper competitions up in the mountains of west virginia with no cell signal it's awesome like yeah. three days no cell signal it was awesome it's oh, so yeah. refreshing yeah going yeah. and and uh just that's a that's a practice that you have to to work on and then some of that says hey can i set up some systems where you know they don't expect me um, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pick up the phone at this emergency call this guy, or if it's emergency, then, you know, mm -hmm. and putting those in place and then trying to be focused where you are. And, mm -hmm. and we, we think 
in the special operations, I, I was, you know, tons of feedback coming in, making decisions. And so we can kind of do that. And I think that's why I end up having several businesses because it's just like, it feels like being in, in, at, at, in the army still. There's yeah. just stuff coming at me a hundred miles an hour. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's not bullets. It's not grenades, but it's the same tempo. Yeah. I'm all over the place mm-hmm. and I love it. And, and that's what small business entrepreneurship is. And, mm-hmm. and so I think that, but you got to get through yeah. the learning curve. You know, I, basic training. <laughs> yeah. My, I call it in the, my hard knocks MBA, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and you get through that dip and you persevere through it. And even, I think guys can start that kind of transitions part earlier. We had real estate going, so we had kind of cultivated some skills. Mm. We had extra resources. We had some things we could do. I could have done a little differently, but, you know, start to like, hey, I think we're going to be getting out right at 20. I think I want to get out early, mm. you know, start some small businesses that you can start to learn. You start to have these conversations. I, I, I think especially here, we should all be helping each other, right? Like mm. we should have a community. Um like like you and me and Tom from Eagles and Angels and all those yeah. all these guys that are kind of in the same boat. We should all be there's there's plenty of work for everybody and there's plenty of clients for everybody and we should be mutually supporting and we're not always and yeah. uh, we we should we should commit to that right because everybody gets focused on their own thing. You know, let's pivot into Warriors Tending Gardens. Yeah, where did the concept come from and when? What's the goal? Well, so whenever I left the military, I was just kind of, you know, I'm a man of faith. And I was just like, God, you literally brought me in spite of the mistakes I made. I recycled a bunch of stuff. I had like, I made it to the pinnacle. I got all these skills. It just seems like it me- it was for something more than to just 13 years of awesomeness and now be a family. Like, do I really, is, am I really hanging this up? Mm-hmm. And I did some, a little bit of contract work, but I also realized as I travel for these contract work, my construction business suffered. Mm-hmm. My, 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 I just, I was spread too thin. I was going, I was traveling. So I just kind of said, look, I, it's much as it'd be nice to make a grand a day or whatever, doing this thing for two weeks. I can't because of the overall loss for my businesses here. And again, you're, you're and I, I'm, um, looking at this from my perspective, when you're gone, like you're repeating a pattern you did in the military where you put work before your family, right? Yep. And I did it myself, right? I'm yeah. looking at, oh, and I'm gone all the time as well, right? And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm sure that played into it as well. Yeah, and, and I realized that was one of the things I realized too is that there's not another team trip. Mm. I'm here for 365. Yeah. I don't get to go. And I realized I was kind of getting into that cycle of I'm going to get to go have fun. I only have to be a dad, self-sacrifice and love my wife for two weeks. Mm. Then I get to climb Mount Blanc in France. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have to be a dad for I got six weeks here and then we're going to go do a free fall trip. You know, it's going to be great. And realizing like the, the enormity of my entire life now, I'm with my wife and kids, mm. you know. And and I and I'm and the reality is is I'm I'm a pretty bad husband I'm a pretty bad dad, and then being like this sucks you know I I I, uh, I was on a, on a, another podcast of Mike Ritland and we we talked about being a dad and being in the military right and yeah. I remember remember that movie uh, we were soldiers once and young Mel Gibson oh, man. That's he's the in the church yeah man. he's in the church and he's talking to a young guy and he was like how do you console being a dad and being a soldier and Mel Gibson says. Um, I like to think that being good at one makes me better at the other. Mm. I actually think it's the opposite. I think mm. being really good at one, it's allocation of resources, right? Mm. Being really good at one, something's got to give, right? You can be okay or good at, at both, but you can't be really good, tip of the spear at yeah. one and be awesome at the other. You just don't have time. You don't have allocation of resources. I, mm. Something's got to 
take precedence, right? And something's got to be more focused. And at a very high level, the family suffers. It just yeah, does. Yeah, it does. And I think that, you know, we all we all know guys on the team that's like he's a, a pistol shooter mm-hmm. or he's a free fall guy. And, and the tendency when you really pigeonhole yourself into one of these basic skills that we talked about is just to ride to work. It's just yep. you got to go do you. You, it's a it's a challenge always in the military to be good at all the things that they expect yeah. you to be good at. Mm-hmm. But it's even more challenging when you run away from some stuff that you have to be good at and don't focus on the you know you hey you're always out jumping and and you can't shoot pistol yeah. you know it's mm-hmm. easy to run into those things. And I think that that the special operations in a sense it's happening. It, you're you're still a human being. Mm-hmm. You still are expected to do a lot of lot of tasks besides shoot people. Yeah. And so we're good at that and it's comfortable to hang out there. It's comfortable to just hang out after work and be around it and it's uncomfortable to go be a husband mm-hmm. and father. It's uncomfortable to start it's a small like, it's business. It's like the free fall guy. He yeah. concentrates on free fall cuz he likes it, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like that with the military. You concentrate on your special operations life. Yep. Because you like it, right? Yeah. It's harder to be at home. It's yeah. harder to deal with paying bills and doing all that. So we we, we push towards the things we like to do, right? Yep. And and it and is I, unfair because th- th- that spouse is at home mm. dealing with, with kids for years and years and years and years and years while you're gone, you know? And I personally did not strike a good balance. And and um, I, I, I But at the time, I didn't even see it. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think that's essentially what Warriors Tending Gardens is about is... I, I'm convinced that the most important thing that we can do um, as as families, as fathers, as wives, is raise our kids mm-hmm. well, as best as we can. Like, mm-hmm. I, and and where you are in, in life, like it, it, it. I believe that there's grace that's there to start where you are and improve. Mm-hmm. You can always get better at your skill sets in these areas. You can always go have a hard conversation with your estranged, you know, your estranged kids or whatever, um, we have to make sure that we're, we're repeating, uh, this model and that we're raising kids well. And so some of that is just, is kind of focusing on the household. And, and I kind of talk about the durable household and it's build, defend and repeat. So building is, is a entrepreneurial business minded, even if it's, if it's, it's being an employee, learning how to put that into productive property, into real estate, into things that give you a return over time with less commitment Mm -hmm. of your day to day. Cause that's kind of what's saving what's allowing me to do well, do warriors tending gardens to write, to podcast, to do these things is cause I've got income, a lot of money actually now coming in from these projects that I did sweat equity in the crawl space. So teaching, uh, in a, in a family model, Mm. how do you take what you're earning in the military? Let's start early on as a, in 10 years out, you know, whatever, start putting some money into, instead of a a brand new Raptor, use it as a down payment for a house. That's going to get you rental income Mm. and, and then buy your Raptor when you're making money on your rentals, you know, and it's coming out of passive. So it's it's just, it's hard to put it, uh, uh, an old head on young shoulders. My mother used to say, it's hard to tell a, a 30 year old yeah. to don't buy that car. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I, they look, they look right at, you know, their 50 meter target. They don't look way down the road and I'm as guilty as that as anybody, you know, yeah. but I, I, you'd love to shake them and give them the advice that you learned the hard way. Right. Yeah, And I had a, a, a specialist that got some of that money when you get injured and it's a payout. And I was like, bro, you just got 50 grand or you just got 80 grand and you're at ETH. 
four. Mm. You're done. You're set for life, man. Go spend 18 grand on a really nice car. Mm. Put that into something else, you know, and what do you do? Bought a brand new, brand new Beamer, you know, and, and, Mm. and so, so the build aspect of that is just, let's talk about not, Hey, this is me on my private jet, but just, this is me as a guy that was an E2 making 1260 a month. That's a a blue collar millionaire, if you will, Mm. that's got passive income. And, and then, you know, defending to say, look, there's, there's all kinds of assault on the family, on marriage, on, on wholesome Christian values that built our country. Mm. Um, let's defend the family. The family, the business is an extension of your family, despite it's kind of getting garbled because of these macro corporations. But you are and your wife, this is, a, this is your family impacting other people. You're mm. ministering to people out of what you've built. Um, your family, your background. So just kind of taking a local approach to business, a, a communal approach to business and talking about the different factors. So we're, we're starting a homestead with, with farming, with chickens. Um, you know, I'm remodeling a bus cause we're planning on moving into that so we can get another rental property on the market. <laughs> so there's going to be some pretty entertaining stuff come down, I'm trying to capture some of that, you know, the deal with producing content. Yeah. It's, difficult. You have to bring people along on the journey, right? Yeah. Yeah. So wanting to just kind of say, look, I'm an open book and try to very succinctly, but methodically walk through how did I um, go from an E2 to real estate investment, construction, farming, these different kind of disciplinary that are all I control. Um, Mm -hmm. I control the clients. I control where the income's coming from because I'm doing these, these different processes. Then also, how do we, do we defend? Like it's education. My kids are homeschooled, mm-hmm. so we're controlling what they're reading. We're controlling what they're exposed to, and that doesn't mean I'm sheltering them. I'm taking I'm I'm taking my son on the road when we go do these training courses and things because part of it is if I'm going to travel, I'm going to take people with me. Mm-hmm. And economics originally is home accounts. Like if you look back at what that word means, it's mother and father sitting around the dinner table talking about finance, talking Mm -hmm. about these educational. So my kids are getting that rental, these things, and how do we make it defend that, defend the home, defend the community from these hostile outside. And that has a tactical aspect too. Mm -hmm. We've done firearms training. It's, it's a, um, something that guys get really excited about. So I kind of get them and, Hey, we're going to go to the range. But before we go to the range, we're going to talk about your marriage. You know, <laughs> like I got you, you know, we got sniper rifles out in the garage. You saw them, you know, we're about mm-hmm. to shoot, but let's, let's, let's embrace, let's, I'm going to pull you out of your comfort zone a little bit and mm-hmm. let's talk about these things. And then even just, and then I'm going to have some time programmed in where guys can just talk, mm-hmm. you know, we get whiskey out and you can, you know, I don't have to say anything. We just get everybody into the same room. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what, what I'm planning on doing is, is having these, you know, at my office, at my ha- my farm, at these places, putting out, hey, we're going to do an event. It's going to be a little bit of instruction. It's going to be hanging out with the guys. It's mm-hmm. going to be talking about how do we take this farming stuff back to where, you know, we, we, we raised 45 chickens. We processed half of them are meat birds in our downtown house. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about here's how you build a chicken tractor. Here's the CAD file for I designed it. Here's what, you know, you can download it. Um, you know, and, and then, and then the defense aspect and then the repeat aspect is, is, is family as well. Like, can we teach it to our kids? Mm. Can we, can we make it continuing to where these, we can, we have franchises essentially that came from, you know, my sons and daughters are going to go out and they're going to be resilient and they're going to impact their local communities. And we kind of 
don't worry about after city, mm-hmm. like after our local community, like literally if our families are, are squared away and are providing for those around, we're networked with our local cities and that's what you guys are doing too. Mm-hmm. I know you're seeing that with the people that show up mm-hmm. is how do we implement this locally profitably mm-hmm. because we're providing good services that are needed from people. And then we just, it, it, if we do that and repeat that, we're, we're going to turn the ship around and mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to find out it's, it's not fast. It's just like building a business, just like becoming a special op. There's, there's a process, there's basics. And then we're going to, but it, we're going to win mm-hmm. because the, the battle drill works, the battle yeah. drill for the family, the battle drill for business. These things are all, they're not, they're not rocket science, mm-hmm. they, science. They just require you to be, have discipline and continue to show up and execute. So yeah. just practical. I think we're going to do a, a tr- I like to do a. Tr- I kind of feel like nobody came and asked me from my own, very few people have come and asked. Hey, give me your notes. What what'd you have? Because we all have a guy. Mm. I kn- I got this guy's going to give me, you know, a million dollars, <laughs> and 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 I'm going to be on a private yacht in 18 months. You know, and and uh, it doesn't always work out that way. Mm. It does that your your plan A doesn't pan out, and you don't really talk to anybody. I can figure it out. So reach out and just kind of providing even with our house with the office with the farm let's get some guys together mm. and 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 just let's all get into one place and then let's figure it out yeah. you know and let's, yeah. specifically for our city specifically for our families yeah we and need to do some collaboration stuff going forward you know for sure um because we are in the same kind of area in some in some places and uh just the base basic carpentry right yeah How, which i have no skills in, and my wife has skills in like she yeah. built a chicken coop at home but I, I just basic skills to be able to use tools and, and build something simple um if you've never been exposed to it, you don't have those skills, right? Yeah. And and there are just so many things that are almost being lost now at this point. Yeah. Uh, but they're when you look at them, they're so refreshing in this toxic, toxic world. They just are. Uh, where can people get a hold of you? Well, my my website is spearing.co, S-P-E-A-R-I-N-G.co. And so that is kind of, we're working on that architecture. You can find Life on Target podcast is my podcast. I just released that uh, two weeks ago. And in back to that, you know, the first four episodes was, was agency being general competency. And the languages of agency are, gen, are mechanical skill, people skills, organizational skills and then aesthetics. Can you make it beautiful and and productive? Mm-hmm. So those were our first four kind of episodes as like the basic framework mm-hmm. for being somebody that has it and then challenging people to like self-identify where are you mechanically, organizationally, people skills wise, and then how can you improve? Mm-hmm. And here's how ways I've, I've done that. So spearing.co, I'm doing some blogging and then all my social handles are on there um, and and probably by the time this class uh, or this uh, podcast airs, there'll be several um, events that are be local here. Mm-hmm. Um, happy to collaborate. I think that, you know, us getting in the room, getting together with Tom mm-hmm. and the population, there's a huge population to serve here locally. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and whether they ETS and go somewhere else or, or retire, like mm-hmm. start to kind of build these models and mm-hmm. replicate it. Yeah, I think it'd be really cool. And uh, we put all the links down in, in the podcast so yeah. people, people can find you. So um yeah, we'll do this again in a couple of months and, and uh, you know, it's going to evolve very, very quickly for you. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. And, and uh, it's such a refreshing topic, like I said, in this in this uh, toxic world. But uh, thanks, Nate. Thanks for coming in, man. My pleasure. I appreciate it. Okay. Until the next time, stay alert, stay alive. Stay alive.